0: is christian books unlimited cassette number 1027 from reach out 75 in munich germany our speaker this evening is reverend bob mumford glory to god father we thank you for your manifest presence in this place tonight lord we feel almost as though we should pull off our shoes as we sit in your holy presence. Help us tonight, Lord, as we open your word. Lord, we recognize both the seriousness of the day in which we live, and we also recognize the excitement which is in thy kingdom. Lord, help us as we respond to you to learn to be instruments in your hands for the redemption of a sin-sick and a despairing world. Father, I pray tonight that you'd help this servant to open his heart and share your word in such a way that it shall find its way into us and ultimately change our conduct for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's turn tonight to Luke chapter 3, would you please? This is where we were last evening. I trust you have a Bible. And uh, we want to talk to you tonight about learning to walk in the Spirit. Now, this is a practical word, and the implications of which, as we share, I think will become clear. I have to ask the ladies to be careful, because I'm going to walk in the spirit right down there. (laughs) And uh, as I go down the line here, this is... um, an attempt to try to demonstrate for you some of the things that Brother John was sharing this morning. Now, we feel under God that we have indeed touched the mind of the Lord for these meetings. The Lord is fitting them together, one upon the other, and uh, it will be very important that we uh, keep our minds open to be able to think and understand as well as our spirits to be open to what God is doing. The testimonies are so rich and powerful. The, the Colonel Curry, uh, just to hear our brother share such things is really is one of the reasons why we come together to be encouraged in the Lord. How many of you know when we're out there all by ourselves, we think we're just about all by ourselves, you know? (laughs) Then we get our brothers and sisters together and we get a little idea of the strength and the momentum of what God is doing. Now, I do feel with all my heart that you're sitting while Spiritual history is being made, see? When what is happening now is recorded, if there is any recording, you'll find that what is happening right now in the church so far outstrips anything that's ever happened before in church history. (laughs) And, And we want to be, by God's grace, We want to be effectual, (laughs) contributing members of what God is doing. Let me read a couple verses now. These are the ones we read last night, so we're picking up. (laughs) And uh, the verse, chapter 3 and verse 3. Luke chapter 3 and verse 3. I want to read three portions of the Word of God. As it is written in the book, this is verse 4, Luke 3 and verse 4. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make way, make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every ravine or valley shall be filled up, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. And the crooked shall become straight, and and the rough roads smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He therefore began saying to the multitudes who were going out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You see, John the Baptist had never graduated from the school of uh, What is that school? Dale Carnegie. (laughs) So he just laid it out. Now, what happened was this over in um, verse 21, all right? Mm -hmm. Verse 21. Now it came about that when all the people were baptized, that Jesus also was baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was open. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came out of heaven. Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. Now 23 to the end of the chapter is is the genealogy, so we just skip over that and watch. Verse 22 says, In thee I am well pleased. Chapter 4 and verse 1, we're reading. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led about by the Spirit in the wilderness. For forty days, while tempted by the devil, he, he ate nothing during those days. And when he had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone and he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and the devil said to him i will give you all this domain and its glory for it has been handed over to me and i give it to whomever i wish i think he was lying
1: (laughs) if he wasn't he lost
0: it Verse 7, if therefore you worship before me, it shall all be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And he led him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, cast cast yourself down from here, for it is written, and I think it's wise for us to know that Satan knows how to quote scripture. And so the devil begins to quote Scripture, saying, He will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him and said, It is said, You shall not force a test on the Lord your God. And when the devil had finished every temptation, he left Germany. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. I didn't see that. (laughs) Now watch what it says. Verse 13 is very important. And when the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Meaning what? Meaning what? He'll be back. Exactly. Now come on. Verse 14, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit, and news about him spread through all the surrounding district, and he began teaching in the synagogues, and was praised by all, and he came to Nazareth. All right, and verse 17, and he opened the book of the prophet Isaiah. And verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the year of Jubilee, the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down and all the eyes of the synagogue were fixed upon him. Now, I want to read two other scriptures, if you will. In fact, let me just bring you up to where we are before we read the other scriptures. Last night, we laid out as carefully as we knew how, uh, what God was doing in our day. With the charismatic outpouring of the Holy Spirit, God is doing two things. He is filling in the valleys, bringing down the mountains, making a straight way for the Lord to come into your life. Now, it's very important that you understand. There are other applications of the scripture, and many of them prophetic and other scriptures. I'm not trying to say that's all that's in there. But what Jesus was saying was that as, the, as the, the mountains are brought down, the valleys are brought up, the straight is made for God's people to come into their inheritance. Their inheritance is a very important thing. He comes because we are those who must be able to see, we must be, have been released from captivity, and what he was speaking in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 was to. God's people. It's God's people that are blind and in captivity. It's God's people who are bruised and downtrodden. It's God's people who have been robbed of the riches of the glory of the kingdom of God. So the Lord is stirring up the things. He is moving. He is doing a, a, a many things. But what he is doing is one by one, individual by individual, he is conquering us. He is establishing his kingdom in our life in order that he might demonstrate his kingdom through our life. I think that's clear to most all of us. Now, Brother John laid it out for us this morning on what it meant to walk in the Spirit. How many of you were here this morning to hear that 747 take off? (laughs) Well, that was a very rich and real uh, uh, illustration for me. The law of gravity. Turn with me quickly to Romans, really, Chapter 8, and we want to see just a couple verses there. Romans chapter 8, and then we'll be back to Luke 4, all right? Romans (coughs) 8. And uh, and we were in, we just want to read the first four verses. There is therefore now no condemnation, to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. That's, that's what Brother John was sharing with us this morning. For what the law could not do, simply that verse says what the law could not do, God did. That's the good news. Verse 4, in order that The requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, and this is the key phrase, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, walking in the Spirit is the key to getting off the runway. Right? Now walking in the Spirit is a very important thing for every child of God to understand. It is not spooky. It's not wild-eyed and bushy-tailed. You say, what are you doing? I said, I'm walking in the Spirit. <laughs> He said, don't disturb me. I'm walking in the spirit. It isn't by the law. And we're going to see tonight that it comes right down to some very simple, real principles. Galatians chapter 5. Let's look at that for a moment. Paul knew and understood what was happening to the Galatian Christians. Paul was teaching the Christians. He that walks in the spirit does one thing, he that walks in the flesh does another, but they're both Christians. Whether you like to believe that or not, it's true. How many of you know that Christian flesh acts very much like unchristian flesh? (laughs) When flesh is hanging out, it all looks the same. A mad Christian is just as nasty-looking as a mad uh, sinner. See? And the works of the flesh are one of the things that prevent the Christian from moving out and up into God, and Paul knew that. We're reading Galatians 5 and verse 16, very important. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. That's a law. That's a principle. Let me read it again. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. I hope I can make that real to you tonight. Verse 17. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another. And I have this underlined in my own Bible. So that you may not do the things that you please. All right? Verse 18. Now if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, For the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality. And I think it should be noted that the first three in all of the lists, or at least the first two in all of the lists, are sexual. Of course, I know that Christians aren't tempted to sexual sins. (laughs) When you got baptized in the Holy Ghost, the Lord put you in a little plastic bubble. <laughs> oh, no, that's very real. And it's, very, it's increasing the pressures along these lines. So learning how to walk in the Spirit isn't nice. It's necessary. It isn't something that's optional. It's a requirement to learn how to walk in the Spirit. Paul says, if you learn how to walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now, let's read the rest of the list. Idolatry, sorcery. You mean Christians with sorcery? Yes, that has to do with... Ouija boards and carrot cards and mind reading and astrology and all kinds of things. I could, if we wanted to stop and tell you things we ran into over the years, and watch, enmity, strife, jealousy. Of course, nobody here ever understood jealousy. (laughs) Outbursts of anger. Disputes dissensions and factions because there are none of those among Christians <laughs> Envying, drunkenness carousing and things like these which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God but the end result of walking with the spirit Mumford's translation But the end result of walking with the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 25, Paul says it again. If we live by the Spirit... Let us also walk by the Spirit. So there's two aspects. Living by the Spirit, that is our life source. If Jesus is our life source, let him also, uh, if the Spirit is our life source, let the Spirit then be the one who guides us daily in our walk. I want to try to show you how that happens tonight, all right? Uh, verse 26, let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another, all right? Now, let's come back, please, to, uh, to Luke chapter 4, and I want to try, if I can, to demonstrate for you this principle in the life of the Lord Jesus. First, we'll see it in Jesus' life. And then we'll carry it over to our own life. Because Jesus was not only the Son of God, he was also the pattern Son. In other words, he was the first Son of which was the pattern. And as the pattern, he is the one on whom the lives of others who follow should be measured by his. And that's very really important that we see that, because as the pattern son, Jesus was discipled by the Father, and he showed him how it was to be done. Now would you look for me and let me show you a distinction that should be clear to you. That is chapter 4 and verse 1, Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit, And chapter uh, 4 and verse 14, he returned in the power of the Spirit. Now, I personally think there is a clear distinction in the life of every believer between being full of the Spirit and moving out in the power of the Spirit. I come from a Pentecostal background. We talked about power many, for years we talked about power. Now, when you talk about power and having power are two different things. To understand the power of God is one thing. To walk in it, move in it, is an entirely different thing. There sits the 747 on the runway with all the power. But if you don't know how to push the throttle forward and get the thing moving, then the law of gravity holds you down. Multitudes have been baptized in the Holy Spirit that don't have enough power to walk in the Spirit. Now, there's a reason, church. is a very important reason between Jesus being filled with the Spirit and moving out in the power of the Spirit is a simple thing. It's called the wilderness. <laughs> said, nobody told me about that. I know, that's why we came to Germany. <laughs> We wanted to tell you, see? You know what I think we do sometimes, you know, it's like saying to somebody, uh, I would like to take you on a beautiful tour. It's a beautiful land with, with uh, jungles and butterflies. It's a beautiful land. Love to take you there. It's called Vietnam. <laughs> That's sort of what we do to people. say, oh, what you want to do is just come to the Lord. It'll be wonderful, beautiful. Glory to God. And then when they get in... See, we said it's all free, hallelujah, just come to the Lord. And then after you get in, suddenly you got plunged into spiritual conflict, almost overwhelmed you, and most of us were unprepared for what we ran into. We staggered through. Some of us, some of us went into it and never came out. Is it possible to spend your whole life wandering around in the wilderness? Is it? Sure. There are many Christians going around the eighth time. <laughs> they just never came out. But there are others. See, now I, I think you understand that Israel come across the wilderness and he come across in what should have taken about 40 days or a little longer, as that march from Egypt to, to the Promised Land took 40 years. Now if I can tonight, I want to shorten your trip through the wilderness and bring you out into the power of God. Amen. But it isn't a magic thing, it's a thing that you've got to hear and understand. John laid it out so simply this morning. There is human responsibility and God's power. These two things brought together in the life of a man is the thing that makes the difference. Now Jesus was full of the Spirit. Notice he was baptized or he was born of a virgin. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. I believe it. I believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. As he was born of a virgin, second step was he was baptized in water. John baptized him in water. As he was baptized in water, as he was brought up, the scripture says the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit came on him in the form of a dove. And as the Holy Spirit came on him in the form of a dove, the heavens opened, and, and, and Father said, this is my beloved son. I said, Lord, I'd like one of those. <laughs> I mean, just once. <laughs> I mean, have you ever had sort of a feeling like you'd just like God to open the closet and step out and say, hey, Bob, it's me, God?
1: <laughs>
0: you know, I mean, just once, just once. <laughs> I mean, I'm not carnal or anything, <laughs> but uh, it sure would have been until I saw. Hear me now. Until I saw where he went after that. Then <laughs> I said, uh, "Never mind. <laughs> it's all right. Keep the heavens closed." <laughs> well, but you couldn't, see, because in the life of our Lord Jesus, as the pattern son, born of the Spirit, baptized in water, filled, or the Spirit of God come upon him in in what we would call a charismatic anointing and i am not misusing the term greek and hebrew lexicons and i could take you all back into grammar but it's true jesus the spirit of god came upon jesus in a visible form now we enter into a period called the wilderness And for some reason, God has held me to this thing until I could somehow understand it because I believe with all my heart there is no way to move from the fullness of the Spirit to the power of the Spirit without going through the wilderness. Isn't that I want to put it on you. Man, if it was me, I'd just give you a free ticket by the (laughs) cross. But you see, what happens is, if you and I are going to learn to walk in the Spirit, <laughs> if we're going to learn to walk in the Spirit, then we have to learn from the, from, the, from the first one who ever did it. Now, I also understand that it was in this instance where Jesus bound the strong man. <laughs> The enemy come up against him with all of his power and fury. If you be the Son of God. If you be the Son of God. And as the enemy come up against him like this, he defeated him. I said, Lord, if you can defeat him, I can defeat him too. Lord said, well, that's what it's all about. Now walking across this thing. I suppose is probably one of the most important things in your whole walk, because it is God's desire to release in each of you the power of God. But the power of God is one of the most dangerous things in the world. Learning to hold and to handle the power of God is very important early years, I fasted for the gift of healing. I fa- if I told you how long I fasted, you'd know how stubborn I really am. <laughs> and I wanted the gift of healing and miracles, so that when I prayed for them, brother, they leaped up out of that wheelchair and walked off. <laughs> Didn't want any second-hand business. I wanted to see the power go down my arm and... <coughs> <laughs> I mean for his glory. (laughs) Watch it, watch it. So one day I was standing in my study and I was praying, I was about half mad at God because he wouldn't do what I thought he should do. Because you know how many ever had a spiritual temper tantrum? I'm praying and I'm waxing bolder and bolder And finally I said Where is the God of Elijah? There was nobody else in the room And I heard the still, small voice say Where are the Elijah's? Man, you know the other scripture says Thou wilt, so I did (laughs) now, it's one thing to take the mantle off and smack the river and watch the Jordan open up. It's another thing to be trained by God to handle that kind of power. Where are the Elijahs? i tell you where the Elijahs are. Most of us are halfway through the wilderness and can't get out the other side. <laughs> the moment that you come out of the wilderness into the inheritance of God. You come into the Spirit of God which says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to open blind eyes, release the captives, and bring forth that which God has promised to the world. Now that's my desire. Coming into your inheritance is not a selfish thing. It's a necessary one. Now what? Jesus, born of the Spirit. Second step, baptized in water. Third step, baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Come on. Fourth step, <laughs> the wilderness. And our old friend up, <laughs> Now that's the way it works, whether you like it or not, that's the way it works. I don't do that. (laughs) See, some people teach it's born of the Spirit, baptized in water, filled with the Holy Ghost, heaven. (laughs) Is this thing working? Uh, I get out here walking in the Spirit, I want you to hear me. But it's really important, see? Because if we don't understand the ways of God, consequently we move out into the Spirit of God and we get lost. And once you get lost, like Israel, you can spend your time wandering around. Brother John was saying, God keeps bringing us back around to the same problem 18 times. How many ever failed fourth grade eight times? I said, God, I don't mind troubles, I don't even mind problems, I don't even mind discipline, but do you have to discipline for the same thing nine times? The said, yeah, you never learned your lesson. I was so old in fourth grade I had to marry the teacher to get out. That's the way I feel spiritual. I him, Lord, if you don't release me into what you have for me, Lord said, I can't release you till you learn how to walk in the Spirit. Now watch. Very important, here He says, as he steps into the wilderness, let me do this for me, because I'm trying to register this on What's the first step? Born. Born of the Spirit. Second one? <laughs> Third one? Fourth one. And that's where we meet our friend. (laughs) All right? He comes. Jesus is hungry. Hungry. 40 days. Dale said, hello. (laughs) You know what I've taught my life? I said, honey, don't speak to any strange serpents (laughs) without your husband. But he says, hello. He says, if you are the son of God, why don't you turn those stones into bread? Now, I want you to understand something. Can you picture with me, please, about a three-foot square piece of ground like this? That three-foot square piece of ground is what we call scriptural territory. In other words, Jesus standing right there was in the perfect will of God. And the enemy comes to him to tempt him. Do you know what the essence of the temptation really was? was tempting him to step out of that square and do something that the Father had not told him. He said, are you hungry? Jesus said, yeah. <laughs> he said, if you put your stethoscope up there, you will hear my stomach eating my shirt tail. <laughs> after 40 days. <laughs> he said, well, I have an answer for that. He said, why don't, you just, why don't you just step out here? Why don't you just step out here and command those stones to be made bread? Now, church, my dear brothers, sisters, for many, many years, I had the picture like this. Jesus pulled out the sword, the Word of God. And there was the devil, and he pulled out the sword, and he said, It is written. <laughs> that was, that's been my picture for many years. He pulled out, said, Brother, you learn how to use the sword of the Spirit. And he pulled out. Now, when I was studying that, one day the Lord said to me, wait a minute, wait a
1: minute.
0: Jesus was not using, now hear me, church, because this is really the crux. Jesus was not using the scriptures against the devil. He was using them for himself. Listen, he was using the word of God to order his own conduct. The devil was tempting him to step outside of that square. Do you think he was tempted to do it brother? Do you think it was real? Sure it was. It was real, the temptation was real and he, the temptation to step out of there was very strong and yet he said, it is written Men shall not live by bread alone and I don't want anything that my father doesn't supply me. Do you know something? The devil has no authority on any child of God that doesn't step outside of the square. (laughs) Are you there? Now watch, the next one, he says. Got <clears throat> to bring my thing with me. <laughs> he says, I can't take any more steps because I don't have any more court.
1: <laughs>
0: I have to walk back the other way. Now watch, he says, Jesus, yes, do you see all those kingdoms? I said yeah. <laughs> he said all that I will give you if you just worship me. He said, oh, "Wow, you
1: <laughs>
0: man, all, all, all that you yeah, i mean a title deed, yeah." Sign, see, right there. Got the notary standing by. <laughs> he said, now, I believe with all my heart that the Spirit of God is faithful.
1: And he speaks
0: this word, man, thou shalt not worship any other God him alone shalt thou serve. He said, no thanks. I don't want your kingdoms. I don't want that. I just want to worship God and him alone. Now I have to walk back because I don't have any more court. <laughs> Where is he standing now? Come on. The Lord supplies microphones. Come on. Where is he standing? On scriptural ground. What's the devil tempting him to do? And he says are you a charismatic? Jesus said, yes. (laughs) He said, why don't you just jump off the temple and show everybody the power of God? He said, man, that's a good idea. (laughs) Just think how people would be impressed if you jumped off the temple. And the Holy Spirit said, Thou shalt not force a test on the Lord your God. And he said, Thou shalt not force a test on the Lord your God. And the scripture says, And the devil left him for how long? For a season, meaning what? He would be back. Now, there are other ones are not recorded. But there were other ones. I hope that I don't offend anyone when I say this to you. But I was studying the woman at the well the other day and something hit me that I never considered before. Do you know the woman at the well was a prostitute? And she was a loose woman that life had disappointed her so bad. And he's sitting at the well and she comes up and he says to her, Woman, give me something to drink. And I I think that I could see in there, she thought, Who's this dude trying to put the make on me? She said, you're a Jew and I'm a, or you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. what do you want with water? What do you think you're And Who are you anyhow? She, he says to her, if you knew I would give you water, you would never thirst again. She being very spiritual said, uh-huh, then I wouldn't have to come out here and draw anymore. <laughs> I mean, she was very alert. <laughs> now what? See? Now, now, brother, sister, what? Say them with me now. First one is what? Born, Born of, the Spirit. of the Spirit. Next one? The wilderness. Now, we go through the wilderness. One, two, three. We come out on the other side into what? The power of God. Do you know why? Because your relationship with the Lord has been tested and found true. Now, let me tell you how this message was born. I came in one afternoon. I was seeking the Lord and couldn't find him. I was miserable, I really was, and I had been fasting and praying, and it seemed like the heavens was brass, and I didn't know what else to do, so I sat down and turned on the television. And as I turned on the television, a program from years ago came on the television. Some of you will remember it, but it was Eric Ness and the Untouchables. <laughs> and I, and I thought, man, that is older than I am, just about. And I had to laugh. It was all black and white, and the thing was all messed up. But I was fascinated by it. And here's what came on the, the thing. It says, do you know how that guy narrated? Who was that? Walter Winchell. You know, he used to narrate that thing, ba 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 you know, and he goes. And I was fascinated, you know, and he said, there's Alec Neffson." Uh, Elliot Ness and, and uh, he said and, this is, um, and he's been spelling it all out and then he said these words the reason why this, I, this is real to me, he says the reason why the underworld was afraid of Elliot Ness is because he couldn't be bought threatened or influenced and the spirit of God just came on me like that and I said God I hear you
1: <laughs>
0: really I said I hear you I hear you God I know what you're after you're after some men and women who cannot be bought threatened or influenced <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> on, to Ya now really that's how I begin to see this thing I said oh yeah and then our Lord began to open, look forward to me, and I began to see something. <laughs> now, Bob Mumper. Uh, in San Francisco. I was brought up from the water, and as I was brought up from the water, this was at Glad Tidings in San Francisco. So I was brought up from the water, the Spirit of the Lord came on me, and I began to be filled with the Spirit. Just, just, power of the Spirit came over my being. I thought, hallelujah, God's got himself a new prophet. <laughs> I mean, humbly, I just want to say. I thought, man, now I can. But see, I didn't know what the next step was. (laughs) If I'd have known, I'd have never got out of the water. I'll just stay right there. Once I got out, I said, okay, Lord, hallelujah, I'm ready. (laughs) I said, if you ever let me speak in tongues, I'll never doubt you
1: again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) there I was. Spirit, baptized in water, filled with the Spirit. And I didn't have anybody to tell me what the next step was. So I just stepped out. (laughs) He said, things are really bad, aren't they? I said, yeah. (laughs) You know what you need? You need a good drink. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Well, I need a good drink. I said, oh, God, I'm sorry, Lord, i say. Roger. Oh, Lord, i swear I'll never do that again. I never will. Hell, with you? <laughs> and I told you, if this is the normal Christian life, <laughs> <laughs> If this is the normal Christian life. And I tell you, I was chasing my tail. The devil just run me around. And, and I didn't know what was going on. I honestly didn't. But do you know something? As I look back now, I understand something that is very important. I thought that walking in the Spirit was kind of a mystical... (laughs) Is this right? This is usually the thought. Do you know what I think we're doing? I think we're confusing walking in the Spirit with divine
1: guidance.
0: That's two different things. Being guided by the Spirit And walking in the Spirit are two different things. Walking in the Spirit is very, very simple, very practical. Now listen to me carefully, because we're going right into it now. There are three forms of authority that I understand. The first one is the Logos. Do you know what the Logos is? What is this? The Word. The the written Word of God. There is a second authority, which is judged by the first one. The second authority is what we call the Rhema, or the spoken word. Word of God. That's when God, by the Spirit, speaks to you. He may speak to you personally. may speak to you prophetically. He may speak to you through another brother or sister. But he's spoken to you, and you know it. That's the rhema, the, the Word of God, the spoken Word of God. How many of you believe God speaks to you? Amen. Man, I do. Oh, my. I know there are many people who said this is it. Well, I know this is it. As far as final criteria, I understand the word of God. I believe it. He said, I even believe the Morocco is genuine. (laughs) (laughs) So I want you to understand. Studied it in Greek and Hebrew, and the more you study the word of God, the more you know it is the word of God. I love it. Now listen. The Logos is the written word of God. But in here, there is no verse that says, Thou shalt not marry Mary. So then, in order to know whether you to marry Mary or not, you have to have a rhema, the spoken word. God has to speak to you. Now there's a third form of authority, and it's coming more strong all the time. It's what we call the delegated authority. That is your shepherd or your pastor. When your shepherd speaks to you and says, don't do that, don't go there, don't say that anymore, see, when your shepherd speaks to you, under God you better learn how to obey. (laughs) Now listen, the Logos, the written word of God, the rhema when God speaks, the authority of your shepherd or your elder, the one that's over you in the Lord. Now here's what I think it is. Now understanding what it means to walk in the spirit the spirit of god is faithful brother john taught us this morning the spirit of god comes to lend us a hand with our infirmities. now what born of the spirit baptized in water filled with the holy ghost what's the next one into the wilderness that's me As I get into the wilderness, I am tempted. I stepped into the meeting tonight, and on the back chair there was a purse with nobody around it. (laughs) And I got the witness. I've been praying for $350 to get home. (laughs) I opened the purse, and what do you think was in that purse? Three hundred and sixty dollars. The Lord always does abundantly more than. Me. As I opened the purse, I thought, oh, "It's there, hallelujah." But just as I am tempted to steal out of that purse there is a faithful, faithful Spirit of God and He says to me my <laughs>
1: Right? He says let him
0: not steal us. come on But you see, watch it now, the temptation to steal means that I am stepping outside of scriptural ground. I know that I'm not to steal. I know it by the written word. I also know it how. By the spoken word, by the Spirit of the living God saying to me, Mom, Fred,
1: I'll break your skull. <laughs> now
0: walking in the Spirit simply
1: means I
0: listen. In other words, I take the Word of God. I'm not fighting the devil with it. What am I doing with
1: it?
0: Use it on yourself. (laughs) Let the Word of God be so powerful in your life that it changes your conduct tempted to steal the $360 I'm just about to do it the faithful spirit of God says Mumford let him that steals steal no more I said I'll rebuke you (laughs) devil. this is the Lord's provision where is this What is this called? Well, it's called the wilderness, but what is this called? What is this called? This is walking in the spirit. What is this? Walking in the spirit. spirit. Sure it is. And I know the minute I'm out here. I know it. Take another one. Anger. I used to have a temper, but the Lord delivered me. My wife said to me, You have the shortest wick of any man I ever saw. You don't even give time to explode. You get mad and explode all at the same time. I have no wick. Now watch. See, standing on scriptural ground, the scripture says, be angry and what? In other words, there is a place for anger. But you see, that's not the kind of anger that the enemy is provoking me to. He is provoking me to do what? Come on step out of this thing into a place of anger you bent my fender if I had my waffle stompers on I'd kick your grill in in love I know I know The Spirit of God is faithful now. Let's take this business of sex. Because this is very real. Do you know the three most powerful temptations? Sex, money. Anybody know the third one?
1: Pride.
0: How many of you know it's hard to be humble when you're really great? (laughs) <laughs> the guy says, he says that one time they gave this guy the, the the ribbon for being the most humble brother in the fellowship. Then they had to take it off him because he wore it. <laughs> Come on. Wow. Money is a really a weird thing. See? The temptation in money is really weird. So it is with pride. i let you work that out. But watch. this: this business of sex. When you're tempted sexually, the enemy knows how to bait his hook. He knows how to arrange the circumstance and the situation. He knows how to tempt you with the right check, man, that was designed to make your eyeballs spin.
1: <laughs> See?
0: <laughs> he knows. And you said, I'm going to walk pure before the Lord. You better know something about walking, spirit. Especially... Well, I was going to say, especially overseas, but that's no longer true. America is so shot through with with sexual problems that it's almost, it's hard, man. I, I just look at our teenagers and our young men coming up, young women. I say, oh, God, oh, God, teach them, Lord, how to walk in the Spirit. You don't have a snowball's chance, you really don't, if you don't understand something about walking in the Spirit. Now why? See, because walking in scriptural ground right there is where the devil has no home nor place. Mm-hmm. And she says, why don't you meet me at 11.30 tonight? We'll pray together. (laughs) I just got the witness. (laughs) You know already that you are not to meet a girl by yourself 11.30 to pray together. The devil knows that. That's why he starts with the kind of bait that makes you start thinking and rationalizing. Well, after all, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> don't say anything more because I want to meet her. In order for you to step off of scriptural ground, you have to disobey the Spirit of God. You have to do it. There ain't no way that you can get from here to there without disobeying. Because the Spirit of God is faithful. Now you step out. You are now walking in what? You are now capable of anything. You start reasoning, rationalizing. You are now deceived. Your mind is not functioning correctly. You've left the Scriptures and the Spirit of God behind you, and you are a captive, what I call a a POW, a spiritual POW. You have been lured from your Scriptural ground into the walk In the enemy, and you are now a spiritual POW. Are you ready? Because something happens now. I didn't know this for a long time, but I happen to believe in deliverance. I don't make any issue or You know, I don't want to to be a doctrinal, a hassle to anyone, but I believe that when a Christian walks in the flesh, that he can open the door for demonic activity to function in his life. It's not in his spirit. It's in the soul life. He is not demon-possessed. He is demon-influenced. He is a man who has left what? He is under here. What is he doing? (laughs) (laughs) Now what's he doing here? Walking in the spirit, one after another. Every step is tempted. Every step is tempted, tested. What is this? And when I step out of walking in the Spirit, I open myself. Do you know why? Because the Lord knows how to use Problems and failures to give us the cure. Now watch what I want to say to you. You don't have to believe this, but can I help it if I'm right? (laughs) (laughs) Why? Let's let's use the one on sex because that's very important. Stepping and the temptation, be this male or female. Now, I'm using it male because the the males used to be the aggressors. The temptation. What's the temptation now? Step off of scriptural ground. And when I step off of scriptural ground, a strange thing happens. I can't explain it exactly, but it's something that looks like a handlebar on a bicycle. It grows right out the front, about this long. It has grips on it, like a handlebar, a grip on a bicycle handlebar. And when that grows out the front like that, the devil grabs it. And he says,
1: hello!
0: And he grabs this thing. What is this called? Anybody? What is this? It's a handle. <laughs> and it grows right out the front, and it's black, and it has has grips on it, just like a bicycle handle grip, you know, and the devil grabs that thing, and he says, oh, look, Mumford's off of scriptural ground, and look what's growing out the front, a handle. (laughs) And he says, Mumford, and he grabs this thing on the front, and he says, uh
1: I said I repent.
0: as soon as you say I repent, the handle goes
1: click. I said, man.
0: <laughs> I think you'll getting the message. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just went through that one. Now, here comes the new one with, with, with money, stealing. So Mumford, look. What is it? The Lord has provided for you $350. Oh, oh. I'd better not. Oh, I don't. Oh, no. yes. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Three hundred and fifty. Three hundred and ten. I got to pay my tithe.
1: <laughs>
0: While I'm stealing, what's happening? Oh, man. So I said, Mom, for, I said, yeah. what have you been doing? Nothing, nothing, nothing. He said, what is that sticking out the front? I said, oh, it's nothing. <laughs> he said, let me try that. And he takes hold of it. Oh, <laughs> my I said, I repent, I repent, I repent. (laughs)
1: They'll
0: say, Mumford, how would you like to make two thousand bucks (laughs) quick? Hey, G.I. make you a good deal. I said, No, thank you. Men shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the hand of God. I don't want anything my father didn't provide for me. Hallelujah! I like it right here. Now, do you know something? I'm getting spiritual. <laughs> Do you know how I'm getting spiritual? Yeah, you want to see the
1: scars?
0: (laughs) You know what? You know what's literally happening? I'm learning how to walk through the wilderness. You want to make a no, I said, shut up. <laughs> you want to see my sister? <laughs> no, I don't want to see your sister. <laughs> see, you know something now? Mumford really is spiritual. <laughs> Do you know why he's spiritual? Because he grew so many handles. <laughs> and he got the tar beat out of him so many times. And he finally it up. I believe with all my heart. i tell you this. God's honest truth. I believe this. I believe God's going to get him some people who cannot be bought. Do you hear me? They can't be bought. They can't be threatened. And they can't be influenced. I believe with all my heart the day is fast coming when we could walk around the tree of knowledge of good and evil with our friends slithering through the branches. And he says, hey, G.I., I make you a good deal. <laughs> I said, ah, oh, no, thanks. Already got a good deal. Already got one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't want anything you got. If things become unbearable for me sexually God will provide me the right kind of wife in the right kind of situation or the right kind of a husband in the right kind of a situation where my needs can be fulfilled according to the will of God. I don't want your money I don't want that, I don't want Now, say, well, once you get over the three temptations, there won't be any more. <laughs> Oh, you already wise up, Charlie, huh? (laughs) Oh, you believe. Do you know why? But here I am. I'm 21 years walking with the Lord. God has been so good to me. Honestly, I'm not trying to be spiritual when I say to you, God is so good and the enemy that desires to tempt. Now, if you can do this much for me, be alert and listen. The Spirit of God is so faithful to speak to you before you get into a temptation. A man came to me a few years ago and he said, Reverend, I want to give you a free car. And the Spirit of God said, ding, ding. How many of you know the alarm the do- the, dis- the distant early warning system goes off, you know,
1: ping, ping, ping,
0: But a free car. I said, well, if you want to talk about a free car, he said, all you have to do is just sign this note for me. So I took the note home, I said, honey, this wonderful man is going to give me a free car. And she said, honey, how many of you know wives are right too much of the time? <laughs> she said, honey, don't do it. You'll be sorry. I said, I'm the head of this, house.
1: <laughs>
0: Sign the paper. She said, OK. <laughs> Took the money down, gave it to him, and he said, your car will be here next Wednesday. It was Wednesday, three Wednesdays, six months. In about six months, I had to make the payments. Paid all the money back, about 400 and some dollars. I didn't get my car. I didn't get anything. But I got cheated, robbed, my credit was hurt. And I got into all kinds of trouble, you know why? Because I didn't stay under God's provision. Do you believe the Lord can provide for me a car in his time? Yes. Then the temptation to step out and get your own He is very real. I said, God, if you don't hurry up, I'll do it myself. (laughs) Well, I went out to get me a car by myself. I said, you wait here, I'll be right
1: back. (laughs)
0: you know then I learned the scripture said he that signs a surety for a stranger shall surely suffer (laughs) I should have known that verse earlier (laughs) but here we are we're learning do you know what we're learning tell me what we're learning we're learning how to walk in the Spirit.
1: <laughs>
0: the Ephesians chapter 5, I could take you through Ephesians. A whole lot of scriptures in Ephesians on walking. But Ephesians 5, I think it's verse, let's look at it. I'm, I'm done now, but just, just look at one scripture with he Matthew, Mark, Ephesians.
1: <laughs> what is
0: it? What verse is it? Verse 15. Ephesians five, fifteen. Now watch what he says. <laughs> Verse 14 says,
1: Awake,
0: sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Verse 15, Ephesians 5. Therefore, be careful how you walk. Be careful where you put your feet. Walk not as unwise men, but walk as wise, so then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's the important factor. Is it the will of the Lord for you to have a car or not have a car? Is it the will of God for you to have a wife or not have a wife? Or a husband or not a husband? Or $350 or not $350? Verse 18. Do not get your inspiration from wine. For that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. How many of you been around when guys start to drink and they start singing? (laughs) Don't put your hands up, I'm sorry. But do you see in verse 19, that's somebody who's been drinking. But they've been drinking the new wine, the wine of the Spirit. And their hearts are all full of songs and melodies in the Lord. They're singing and worshiping to one another. They're very careful where they put their feet. John, you think this is a good step? You think this is all right? Yes, Pop. Hell, yeah. Glory to God. Charles said, "No thanks." (laughs) I said, "No thanks." The end of that walk. Is love, joy, peace, long Listen to me carefully and hear me. Whatever God does is hard at first and it gets easy at the end. Whatever the world does is easy at first and hard at the end. It's not easy to walk in the Spirit. If Jesus made it, You can make it. And if you don't make it, the Lord has a little ways and means committee. (laughs) (laughs) And suddenly, the guys at the base see you giving spiritual. When I went back to the ship, I used to smoke two and and two-and-a-half packs of cigarettes a day. I went back to the ship, and you know, before I was saved, you couldn't even beg or borrow a cigarette. When I went back to the ship, they all lighted them for me and lined them up on the table, literally. When I would come down for breakfast, they'd have my breakfast all ready for me with my coffee, and there were all the cigarettes already lighted.
1: <laughs>
0: he said, go ahead, Mumford, you can have any one of them. <laughs> I said, you know, this is very strange. Before I went home on leave to get saved, You guys used to hide your cigarettes in your
1: socks.
0: (laughs) Now they're free. Do you know something? I know now that if I would have taken one of those, something would have happened. (laughs) God helped me. He really did. Because if anybody knows how difficult it is to get free from those people. Watch this. Little master and a big slave. It's really true. And they had them all lined up on the table. And he said, come on, Mump, come on, we'll take you ashore. The drinks are on us. I said, isn't that strange that suddenly now you want to buy me drinks and take me ashore? I said, no thanks. I don't want to go that way. I want to I want to walk in the spirit. I want to walk with the Lord. I want a life that's cleaned up and rightly related to God and to my brothers. I don't want to. I've been that way. And I've seen men lay in their puke. I've seen men spend their last dollar. I was a pharmacist mate. I used to sew them all up and patch them up and, and I thought if this is fun, my God. Freedom for venereal disease and the whole thing. I said, oh God. See the Lord showed me all that after I got saved. I said, Jesus, I thank you. 21 years I've been walking in the Spirit. I only missed it about once. (laughs) What are you laughing at? (laughs) If you want a guided tour through the wilderness. I'll make you good deal. <laughs> hey, you know I think we ought to. Uh, you know I think we ought to end this meeting. I think we ought to sing and make melody in our heart to the Lord. Hey.
1: come, one of the best. Come Let's worship.